Welcome to PBIS Journey to Genius. Are you in the process of implementing PBIS? Are you wondering where to start? You are in the right place. We are here to support you. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome to our very first podcast. This is a PBIS podcast. So why are we doing a podcast? Well, we will talk a lot about why that why that is so. We started um, about nine years ago on our PBIS journey. Um, we did a lot of ups, a lot of downs. We had a lot to discover about PBIS, learn ourselves. And through that, we have become um, a gold school, and we wanted to share with you some of that journey. We do. We have quite a journey, and we think that we can offer advice to you as you get started on your journey. So stick with us. You probably need to know who we are. I'm Diane Ruff. I am the principal at Minerva Elementary. I've been a principal for two years and an assistant principal for, I think, the last... uh, 10 or 11 years. <laughs> and I'm Diane Farrell, so you can just call us the Dianes. And uh, I was a teacher for 10 years, and then I was an elementary counselor for 25 years after that. I did recently retire last year. And I'm so jealous. But um, I, um, Diane has asked me to look back at our journey and, and put this together, and I'm excited to come back and share this all with you. So that's the Diane with two ends. There's a Diane with one N and a Diane with two Ns. So as we um, get move forward with our podcast, our goal for this podcast is actually to use our journey to create um, a place for you to start thinking about how you want your PBIS uh, framework to look like and your journey to look like. So, you know, uh, as we said, we've both been in education a lot of years. I've been in education 29 years. And while I joke that uh, Mrs. Farrell is retired, I do love my job. And, you know, I and love... And she's fabulous at it. Don't, <laughs> well, don't think you. she's not, because she is. And I love being here, and I love being with the children. So, you know, just to kind of get to know us, uh, Diane, why, why did you get into this career? Well, you know, Diane, you and I have known each other for a very long time, and we'll get into exactly how long that is. But you may not even know this, but back um, in the day, that how they say that, in the day. Um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I grew up in a family that actually, um, mom or dad, nobody went to college. That wasn't a thing. But I had a great aunt who was a teacher, and she actually mm. taught in a one-room schoolhouse. That's so cool. Just like Laura Ingalls. And she was my second grade teacher. Um, So that was a long time ago. (laughs) Anyways, um, so anyways, I was in her second grade classroom and then she retired after that. But she volunteered and helped out in classrooms after that. And she had been in education for 40 years. So I was so excited about teaching through her. And um, she used to talk about that and talk about her one-room schoolhouse and how that, and it just fascinated me because I grew up into the Little House in the Prairie books. So she even went to the Agonqua Mill Festival and did the one-room schoolhouse stuff because she knew all about it and she had pictures of herself in that situation. So I decided way back then and never changed my mind really that that's what I wanted to do because she amazed me. So I was also very lucky then to go to OSU um, and have a fabulous experience. 
And, um, and so that helped too. And I loved it. And my student teacher was amazing. And um, she did a, a, a split whole language informal classroom. And all of that was right up my alley. And I loved it so much. So my beginnings for this career in teaching was really from my great aunt. That and is her so neat. experiences. I love that. My experience is a little bit different. I did not know I wanted to be a teacher. I actually wanted to go into broadcasting in high school. So I went to Kent State to do that. Uh, changed my mind once I got there and ended up getting married and had three kids. And when I was starting to, um, I loved being a mom. I loved watching them grow. I loved teaching Sunday school and Bible school and all of that. And so I had different people along the way that just kept saying, you should be a teacher. You should be a teacher. So I decided to go back to school and I became a teacher at the age of 32. Hence, that is why I'm a little behind her in the retirement. <laughs> but but that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Because everything happens for a reason. And we feel that we got together on the right time. But that's just the time frame that it was. That's right. And then over the years, um, I have found that uh, I love trying new things. I love learning. I would do book studies with teachers around me. Um, different administrators along the way kept telling me I should go into administration. That was never a goal of mine, but I ended up doing that and uh, ended up in administration. And while I think of myself as a teacher, because I absolutely love teaching, I taught for 15 years in the classroom. I taught a multi-age classroom. I had Diane's kids in my class. Yes, she did. All those years ago. How mm -hmm. fun. Um, I do really love administration. I love administration because I love being able to facilitate teachers and empower teachers to be the best they can be and uh, love, you know, when we came across PBIS and developing our framework. Um, so it's, it's just been a great thing. And the reason I did get out of teaching and get into school counseling, I have to put a shout out to my principal at that time, uh, Mr. Chip Cassidy. He came to me after being uh, my principal for like 10 years, and he said to me, there's going to be an opening as the school counselor. I know you might be not done teaching, um, but I really think you would be great in that job. So he encouraged me to go get my uh, second master's, because I already had one, um, in uh, guidance. And I did and took over that position um, after only 10 years in the classroom and have loved it. So I also believe that everything happens for a reason. I did stay in the elementary, which is where my heart is. And through that, was able to work with Diane as she entered the administrative end, end of, of it to begin our PBIS journey. So all of that would not have happened. No, it wouldn't have. If we had stayed in other careers, so. And, you know, so we have always been at Minerva Local, and that's in Ohio, Minerva Local Schools, um, which is can be uncommon, I guess. You know, a lot of people move around, but Diane spent her entire career at Minerva, and, and I am as well. My career will end at Minerva. Um, so why do you think people stay? Why did we stay? Well, you know, we talked about that before because longevity in a school system – um, we believe is extremely important. Like we believe that to develop that, even just on our PBIS journey, you know, the years of developing that and building on our things. If, if you have admin that move around, you have lots of teachers and staff that move around, that's very hard because you're constantly starting over, starting over. The things we love about Minerva is that um, 
it is a fabulous school system with great administrative support from the top down. You know, as in my 35 years here, I've been with five superintendents and they've all been fabulous. Now that's just that remarkable. Is, I think that's remarkable. Un- unheard of in yes. a sense. But yes, I would say all of the superintendents have been very supportive over the years. And then a lot of principals have been very supportive. Absolutely. Supportive teams, supportive staff. So that makes you a, a great place to stay. This is also a wonderful community. So it's a great place to raise your children. I raised my two children in the school district. I raised I never hers. moved away. I, I went to school in Minerva. <laughs> I never moved away. I'm still here. And I graduated <laughs> from Carrollton, but didn't come far because That's right. Carrollton is not very far from right here. down the road right down the road so so small community family-like atmosphere administrative support that's going to give you the longevity that makes programs like this be as effective as they are and I know some of you probably listening maybe don't have um, principles that stick around a while but it is really important if you can have administrators that do stay so that you that they can help you get that framework off the ground um, and have really that support in, right. and even as we've had administrators move on and move up um, the next one coming in has been always you know has been really great about backing our work and staying behind us and so. you bring up a good point because you and I have been here forever we have been here forever, but we have had a change in we have principles um, and so during those changes, we were the constant. We were. And also our teachers, most of our teachers are here very long term. So when you get that teacher buy-in and then you have the constant of us, we were able to continue the PBIS journey uh, to where we are today. So, you know, so don't be, I don't, don't think, oh, my administrator comes and goes. If you are the constant in the school, that's great. That. That needs to be, and then find some teachers that are sticking around because uh, you can make the PBIS framework. And then hopefully when that new administrator comes in, you'll get them to buy in and and support because that's you. that's exactly what we did with Diane and I um, starting this, and yes, we did go through a couple administrators mm-hmm. that were moving on and up to other other things. But because we had this in place, we could tell them how important it was, and because we had the staff backing us, you know, they realized how important. And we had the data to show that it was changing our system but those are things we can't those are We're the future talk all about we'll talk that about that later that's all coming up in future episodes yes so uh before we end this podcast we do want to kind of talk about um just personal things we like to do so well um Okay, I thought we were going to do our aha moments. But oh, okay. okay. Let's go back. Uh, well, so we can jump to aha moments. We can because <laughs> you know this is just a discussion. You it know, is. so we're going back and forth. Um, so I had a little aha moment um, back whenever I was teaching because you know sometimes I think back in those first ten years and I um, I do miss the classroom. Um, I did love being a school counselor. Absolutely loved it. But sometimes you do miss that classroom. So I looked, I remembered back in the day, back in the day, back in the day, um, (laughs) uh, I came from a a classroom that was like multi-age, like Diane taught. 
and I wanted to do that myself. Like I wanted to be able to do that. So what I did was I set up my systems back then um, centered around a theme. So there was this one, we were doing the solar system. I was just remembering this. And we were centering on the sun though and the power of the sun. So we decided to make solar cookers and we, so we all divide up into groups and we were trying to design the solar cooker that was going to melt this marshmallow and everything. We spent days planning this, creating these prototypes and making this final project. And then one sunny afternoon, these little fourth graders, I taught fourth grade, so they're 10 years old and they're going out on the hillside to cook marshmallow. That's all they had to do was cook a marshmallow and document why it worked better than the others and why it didn't and why theirs melted. And then we all ate s'mores at the end of the day. <laughs> Sounds all yummy. Right. <laughs> I know. But the aha moment and just watching the kids, you know, go through all this was, it's your joy because it's the end of your project. Well, anyways, the next morning, one of my little boys come walking down the hallway with this big bunch of flowers in his hand. And I think he ripped them out of somebody's yard. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> oh, no. I hope not, but I'm thinking so because they had the roots on them. And he said to me, these are for you, Mrs. Farrell. You're the best teacher ever. I told my mom everything and why my solar car cooker worked. And I want to make solar cookers when I grow oh, up because I know how. I and I that. said to myself, maybe someday he'll be an engineer. Like, I don't know. But that's the reason for teaching. And when he came down that hallway, just a running in his little 10-year-old self with those roots dangling from those, those flowers, I was like, mm-hmm. And this is why we teach. It is why we teach. That is great. I love that story. I My aha moment was back when we, um, my partner and I at that time was Beth Reininger, and we uh, did the multi-age. We had a first and second grade multi-age. We spent a lot of time on routines and procedures before you ever heard about PBIS. But in order to make a classroom of 50 uh, work, we had to put lots of systems in place. So we did that. We spent a lot of time doing that. And then it was so fun to watch the olders teach the youngers. And we were developing leaders at the time. We also uh, worked a lot with building... Um, working with children to build their genius, what they're good at, uh, their interests, and those kinds of things. And so they would get so excited to do the projects, much like your project. They would get so excited. And at times, Beth and I found it very hard to keep up with the learning. And one time we looked at each other and one of us said, we need to stop the learning because we can't keep up. And we laugh about that to this day just because we love the excitement. When children love learning, and I, I would say all children, doesn't matter what age. It doesn't but matter. But when they are engaged and they love what they're learning and they understand the systems, routines, and procedures, there's no stopping them. And that is amazing to me and I love seeing it and I will second that because of my children actually going through her class so I have two children and they're two years apart so my son just finished her two years together so she had him for second first and second I grade did, yes and then and my he's daughter, an engineer now he's an engineer now yeah <laughs> and then my daughter just then came the next mm -hmm. year and she had her for first and second grade and she's a teacher now so um but both of them what diane's talking about um the olders leading the youngers and the projects that they did and the things that they worked on and being able to you know put that that interest level in the children and make them excited about learning it, it was amazing to watch so 
That that is what education is all about. It is. It is. And our kids can be highly engaged, even in today's world with all of the testing and all of that. We can create lessons and things that will engage children. Absolutely. So now are we ready for our personal hobbies? Okay, our personal (laughs) hobbies. So I really, when I was looking at this talking point, um, my my likes, Diane does know this, I like to shop. I have a shopping thing. She does. And I like to have lunch out with friends. That's a big thing I like. And then Diane and I share the last one, we like to golf. So Diane and I. Yes, we do. Although we we're not very we good. don't golf well. <laughs> but we, and that's why we like to golf together. Yes. Because we don't golf well. Um, but those would be my likes. Yeah. What are I, yours? Mine are, yes, I like golfing. Um, I, I do like to kayak. And I also like to paddleboard. And Diane and I did do some paddleboarding this summer. But I summer. did not do that well. She, you know, it's all about practice. We just got to <laughs> practice and get better. I fell off twice, okay? And that's very hard to get up on in the middle of the lake. It, it is. But, but it's and a Diane lot of fun. was like, "Let me help you. Let me help you." I'm like, "What are you going to do? Just let me get up on this board." But I felt like I had to at least offer my assistance, you know. Ah, uh, so. she did good. <laughs> but uh, we do like to have, you know, we like to be outside. You like to boat? I do. I um, like to boat. I like to be on the water. Um, I, w- I, I tell myself in retirement, I'm going to need more hobbies, but, Yes, you know, we're both grandmas. She's a Gigi and I'm a Nana. Uh-huh. Um, so we, we love our families. We love our, our grandchildren, our children, and, uh, we love the children in this building and the children we've worked with. And I do miss them terribly it, as yes. I'm not here <laughs> and we miss her. <laughs> So our last talking point was like really our relationship together before we talk about um, our title of our podcast and and wrap up. And we talked a little bit about this before that Diane and I have been together since she started teaching because Mm -hmm. I was a counselor when she started teaching and you were third. What were you when you were by yourself? I was second grade, second grade for two yourself. years and then did the multi-age for 13 yes. years. Yes. Yeah. So I was a counselor when she was a teacher back mm-hmm. then. And then when she became the assistant principal, I was the counselor. And that's when we really began to work side by side. We did. We started attending some workshops um, on RTI, response intervention, and then on PBIS, behavior interventions and supports. And we found out that we had a common work ethic. We did. We had a common educational philosophy. We had a common, um, oh, we would get overly excited about a lot of things. We do get overly excited. That would sometimes (laughs) make our principal have his eyes glaze over a little bit sometimes. But we found out that we did that together. I think he was saying stop the learning. (laughs) Yeah. And this is when our friendship really grew. So um, we would have a common goal now as a principal and a counselor. And I will have to say that we were in the second largest building in Stark County. Yes, our time. building is quite large. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, at that time, we had eight, 850 to 900 students. Mm-hmm. Our enrollment's down just a little bit. We're right around 780, I think, 780 students. But if you include the preschool, mm-hmm. trying to manage, you're almost 1,000. So we're a, we're a big building, and that's part of our journey. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to get a big building uh, on board with PBIS. Yes, because we were inc- we had a problem. We were increasing um, consistency problems in our building, and our buildings were consolidating. And these are all things we're going to talk about and what that's like. And if you have been in that 
situation where buildings have come together. Um, some buildings are, you know, disbanded, and then others. That's what was happening to us, and we'll talk about that. Um, but we don't want to. We don't want to. Different philosophies, yeah. you know. When anytime you bring a, two buildings together or three buildings, you have a lot of different philosophies. So we had to work hard, and it takes time to build a common philosophy. But we don't want to ruin because nope, that's, that's all the coming rest up. Of the story <laughs> um, and why all that happened. We so. could talk for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the last talking point that we're going to talk about today is um, our title of our podcast, which we really haven't talked about that yet, no. and why um, we chose that. So PBIS Journey to Genius. One of the things that our building has been doing is working on Leader and Me. And maybe you're familiar with Leader and Me. We are in the third year of Leader and Me, which fits perfectly with PBIS. Leader and Me is all about developing leaders. And so this year, our focus is on developing the genius in each student and really the genius in our staff as well. You know, everyone comes to the table with a talent, Uh, a gift that they can offer. You know, Diane and I have different talents and we've been able to blend those talents together. Um, So it's it's the same thing. Uh, But when we talked about PBIS working on positive behaviors, interventions, and supports, you're trying to focus on the positive behavior, but even on the positive aspect of the child, their interests, what they're interested in, what they like to do, you know, building on that. That's PBIS also, that's leader in me. It is. And so, you know, looking at how can we build genius in a child? So a video that I showed the staff at the beginning of our school year in August of 2023 is called um, Be a Mr. Jensen. And I will put that in the show notes so that you'll be able to click on it. And maybe you're even familiar with Be a Mr. Jensen. But the whole video Uh, shows a young boy that um, has trouble sitting in a seat and he's doing a lot of drumming on the table with his pencils, with his fingers, and he's quite annoying, actually. Gets into some trouble. We've never seen any children like that. (laughs) Never. Everyone's seen children that struggle. Yes. And, you know, and so these children that struggle and their behavior problems, and he was as well, and he would end up at the office. Mr. Jensen uh, took an interest in him and actually gave him uh, drumming sticks and told him that he was a drummer. And that little boy went into drumming, you know, and he's now world-renowned as a drummer. So that is his genius. And so even though children might have annoying habits or they get into trouble, there's a genius in there that we need to look for that we can foster and then, you know, shape their behavior. Of course, we don't want them disrupting the children around them and disrupting the learning. But how can we channel their genius into something? And so that whole video talks about that. And I think that's amazing. And even as adults, if someone you know, it, it focuses on a talent we have or, or shines out something, but I mean, that makes us feel good in all aspects. So that we feel better about ourselves and we're willing to try things then that are hard for us because someone noticed something about us that we did well. And they were like, oh, I did really well at this. So 
I'm a good person. I have yes. good traits. I have good attributes. I can try this. I mean, truly it is contagious. So, we, you know, sometimes it's very hard when that child's just a tap, tap, tap and away um, to think about that. But that has so much, even if we just think about it ourselves. So it's really what how PBIS is all about. Positive behaviors, interventions, and support, taking those children and then moving them into genius. So the title of our podcast is PBIS, Journey Journey to to Genius. Genius. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Yes, we're very excited that you stayed with us. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be... What are we going to talk about on our next episode? We are going to talk about why we started this whole thing. What was going on when we were um, we were having some problems? We were having some problems with our buildings. Our buildings were consolidating, which means we, we had a, a, an elementary that was very, very small that was going to be disbanded. We had gotten money to build a new elementary, and that was fabulous in our school district. But under that, we had to bring them together. So we're going to, t- and I know that's happened out there in the world to other people and I know with the new schools being built that a lot of times there's consolidation that's happening and when that happens you have many personalities coming together that have never worked together before and you have different systems that have been in place and we're going to talk about how that all happened and maybe a little bit of the train wreck that happened but you know what it that's that's how we grow it's part of the growing process Mm -hmm. and we want to share that with you so stay tuned stay tuned we'll be back all right